program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hello, this is uh, G. Cobb with you on uh, VoiceAmerica.com, and uh, I'm being joined by uh, Rand Knight. Uh, he will uh, talk to us, give us his spin on some of the things we're going to talk about uh, a number of, uh, you know, things around the NFL. We've got Bob Cunningham joining us and, and Denny Basins, and uh, they're all going to get a chance to comment on what's going on in the NFL, uh, what's happening with the Eagles. Uh, we've got a lot of things happening. Uh, the Phillies getting ready, so we'll talk about that, as well as get a chance probably uh, to talk about the Flyers a bit and the Sixers, who are, are both uh, have, have good things going uh, their way. And uh, we got to find some way to get uh, Charlie Sheen in there. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> everybody else is talking about it. But anyway, um, uh, can you guys hear me clear? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Um, first of all, I, I just want to know what everybody's take is on the labor uh, situation, the NFL labor situation. Do you think something's going to get done? What do you think uh, has gone on so far? Iran, why don't you jump up there first? Um, well, with, with, like, like um, com- the commissioner said, um, talking is better than litigating. And the fact that they're extending it a week, um, it is a good sign. Um, the, the main thing is I, the, nobody really cares until they actually say we have a deal. Um, they can say there's making progress. They can say that it's not looking good. But until they say... A new CBA has been agreed upon. It's still going to leave a lot of things in the open, especially because you can't make a lot of player transactions and other things going on right now. Okay, uh, Bob, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the extending the deadline is obviously a good thing. Uh, I think we're seeing now that before the the TV money got overruled and the owners found out they weren't going to be able to pocket that, I don't. Uh, before that ruling, I don't think they had any intentions of uh, negotiating. But uh, I think they're feeling the heat a little now, and that could uh, wind up being a good thing for everyone. Denny, uh, your take? Okay. Well, yeah. The, certainly, the um, the owners not being able to pocket the extra money is a good thing that should help speed up the uh, progress. But I want. I'd be surprised if something got done even within the next week, just because. Uh, and I wonder if more so if it's just the league on um, is extending it just to, um, for like good public relations reasons, like just to get in the eyes of the public, like hey, you know, like we're trying to get something done. But even, but I would think that things have just been there's like not enough time to close like all the uh, differences that the players and the owners have like within a week all of a sudden. 
Well, well, we're going to see. Um, I don't know why I can't hear everything real well, but hopefully you guys can hear me. Now, moving on, uh, talking specifically about the Eagles, uh, with, with where that, uh, the fact that this could really affect them with Kevin Cobb. And I, I want to talk about some, some statements that Brian uh, Baldinger made. Now, Brian Baldinger was a big supporter of Kevin Cobb, I thought, uh, for, for a long time. And for some reason, he's, he's gotten off Kevin Cobb, and uh, I, I don't understand why. Uh, so uh, go ahead, uh, Bob. What is your take? Do you think they can get a lot for Kevin Cobb? Can they get a first-rounder, a third-rounder, uh, you know, the stuff that we've been talking about? Or is Brian Baldinger right when Balding, Baldinger said that he didn't think that Kevin was uh, he would get a first-rounder. He said that he, he hasn't really proven that he can be a long-time starter in the NFL. What's your take on, on Kevin Cobb? Uh, I agree completely. I think they might be able to get a first-round pick, but uh, I do not see Cobb as a guy who's going to be a long-term solution for anyone. Uh, I was never overly impressed with him. Uh, I mean, you, you saw him in the preseason. He was very shaky. Uh, he hears footsteps. You know, he's trying to get out of the pocket before there's any real pressure there. You know, instead of stepping up into the pocket, he's trying to run out the back door like he's Vic. He's not. He, you know, he's not going to stare down the gun barrel and make that throw. Uh, I haven't liked Cobb since day one, so uh, I, was, I thought it was refreshing to hear someone else say it because I, I don't see what all, the, what all the hype about Cobb is. Okay, uh, Denny, what's, what's your take on him? Well, I think they certainly can get a first-round pick for him just because there are so many teams – desperate for a quarterback in a year when the incoming draft class just isn't that impressive and Andrew Luck deciding, deciding not to come out this year was a great help for the Eagles. And, uh, but, of course, I mean, unless something gets done with the CBA, it's going to be difficult for the Eagles to move Cobb this offseason. Hello? Uh, I'm trying to get uh, put it in. Uh, what what um what do you think um what did we hear from uh was it Denny? Yeah, um when I Haran. Yeah, well I I I had to switch phones cuz it wasn't coming in clear. That's why I kind of got mixed up. But anyway, um who who who's uh who didn't comment about Kevin Cobb? It, it was me, Haran. Um basically like Denny said that, that everything's based on the CBA and when it, when they get the CBA done. If nothing's done by the draft Kevin Cobb's going to be an eagle in 2011. If it's before then, um, you can pretty much know he's going to be going. Um, whether he can be a first-round pick, um, it's, it's hard to say. I, I used to think it would be with Tennessee, but I don't think they're going to get a high first-round pick for Kevin Cobb. So it could be a second-round pick. It could be something including a 2012 first-round pick. But now, now, see, this is where I got I to gotta break in. I mean, now, with, with – with the way everybody's been talking, with the, all of the talk about Kevin, with the, the talk with uh, Larry Fitzgerald talking about Kevin and, and, and him supposedly being the talk of the league and all that, you know, and, and there's not really, I mean, there are a few quarterbacks coming out, but there's not a lot of, it's not a deep draft for quarterbacks. And you've got all these teams and these coaches who know, a lot of times you don't have the, you don't have the quarterback, you don't win. Next year you're looking for a job. And so if ever he's going to fetch a first-rounder, it would be now. And if he doesn't, 
then really doesn't that say a lot about how really good uh, a lot of the people think he is? Yeah, I, I want everybody to just jump in there. Do is Kevin Cobb is is the stuff we're hearing is it legitimate? I mean, how could they not get a first rounder for him with with all of the talk? But uh, unless some of this hype is bogus. Well, I, I well, said. What I've, makes him attractive? Yeah. Uh, well, what makes him attractive is that I, I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll go. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'll do a better job of directing you guys. But anyway, yeah, Bob, go ahead, Bob. Uh, so I've been saying, you know, since day one that I wasn't a fan of Cobb. Uh, I think a lot of the hype is overblown. I mean, like last year, you had people uh, talking about oh, his game against the Saints. Uh, he threw that game away. Uh, you know, he came out and beat up on a bad. Chiefs defense last year. Uh, the only real impressive start I think he's had in his entire career, the only impressive game really, is that Falcons game this year. That's it. But, I mean, you have a guy who he can torch the Falcons like that but looks so bad against the Cowboys. Sure, he was playing with backups and whatnot, but he just, like I said, he's shaky in the pocket. He's not going to you know, stare down the gun barrel, make the throw. He's, uh, there's just something about him he doesn't seem to have what it takes to be a quarterback. I've never seen it. The hype is overblown. I think any coach who gives up a first-round pick for him, it's going to be signing his own pink slip because Cobb is not the answer for anyone. Haran, uh, uh, what's your take? Um, I actually agree with Bob about the whole Kevin Cobb situation where it is a lot of hype. But I don't look at um, the trade value as much as, like, what – his actual ability is. This actually it all depends on other teams' needs. So that would be the reason why he, he can get a first round pick for him because there's nobody in the draft that I think any of these coaches can, can trust to start right away. Um, but as far as Kevin Cobb is, his ability is he's not somebody that's going to be able to carry a team. He needs to go somewhere to, that does run the run the ball, someplace like a Tennessee or a Minnesota. Um, other than that, he he's going to have the same struggles that he did um, in Philadelphia. Okay, Denny, um, what's your take, Denny? All right, well, for Cobb, yeah, as Ron was saying, he needs to go to a place where there's already a lot of establishment. Like they need a, he needs an established offensive line that can protect him well. He needs um, established receivers. Uh, by himself, uh, he's. He doesn't have the physical tools to carry a team, and and he's got his limitations. You saw in the uh, the Tennessee game when the um, wind picked up, he, his arm strength wasn't that good, and it led to interceptions. I think there there's a lot of hype about Cobb after spending like three years learning the Eagles' offense with Andy Reid and Marty Morningwig. But I mean, other than the Atlanta game, you, you just haven't seen like that many impressive performances from him that would lead you to believe he can be. A successful quarterback in the league. Now, uh, you know, Michael Vick has been involved in, uh, you know, I think, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy it as a really serious controversy. But you know, uh, you know, Ashley Fox wrote a tough article about him that, you know, he, um, uh, this event they had in Philadelphia that he didn't show up to. He said he told them he wasn't going to show. Uh, today uh, he had a thing he was supposed to do. Uh, ESPN and uh, they said that uh, somebody set it up and didn't tell him about it because you know he was down there in uh, 
in Atlantic City, and he was doing some interviews for uh, this thing they've got tonight, which is the uh, the um, Maxwell Club uh, Awards. Do you think is is Michael Vick? Is it Michael Vick, or is it people after Michael Vick, or is it just a coincidence, uh, Denny? What do, what do you think with the regards to Michael Vick and and and, and these uh, quote unquote controversies? I think it's a bit of a witch hunt by the media. I mean, uh, it's it's Michael Vick so much as breathes in the wrong direction. Uh, they're going to jump on that and write a story about him. And in, once you get the real story, you find out that well, you know, it's not so bad. Like at first. Year, oh, he um, didn't show up for a charity event, but then you find out oh, he had to go down to Virginia and deal with a family issue. And then you have this past story with uh, ESPN, and they supposedly didn't tell him about the interview. And you know, it's it's just it's easy to write a, a negative story regarding Vic. Well, just because of uh, past history, uh, uh, Bob, uh, what's your whole take on it? Yeah, I, things like this probably happen all the time with a lot of high-profile players, and it doesn't uh, get written about because no one will read it. But if you write something bad about Vic, people are going to read it, people are going to talk about it, and that's why they keep reporting it. So, uh, you know, like Denny said, it's a bit of a witch hunt. Uh, they're looking for a reason to write something about him because you put Mike Vick in a headline, people will read it. So. Anything they can get their hands on, they're, they're just running with, and I think it's, it's being uh, blown out of proportion. Aron, uh, your take on uh, the whole Vic thing? The whole Vic thing, to me, is getting ridiculous. Um, it doesn't really say – all the reports about him really say nothing to me about Vic as a person. It says more about everybody's desperation to attach themselves to his name. Um, whether he can't get on Oprah, he can't get on ESPN. Um, getting the key to a city that he really has no association with. Everybody wants to have some type of connection with Michael Vick at this time. And it's basically due to Tim really working on redeeming himself and getting him to be comeback player of the year, runner-up of MVP. Now everybody just wants to attach himself. So. Now, you know, uh, getting more, you know, on the football uh, turn of things, of course, you got the draft, and we're going to get into this whole draft. We, uh, I know you guys got a chance to see some of the combine and things. We'll talk about that a bit. But with regards to uh, the Eagles draft-wise, uh, why don't you just let's start out with uh, what are they going to grab in that first round? You know they got needs in certain spots. They're at the 23rd uh, pick in the first round. Uh, there's a chance they might be able to barter and, and get something uh, for Kevin Cobb. Then uh, they might not. But so – what do you think they get in the first round uh, of the draft uh, if things stay as they are right now, the 23rd spot? Haran, what are they going to get? As of right now, um, I, I, I'm leaning. Uh, first, I started off thinking they had to get a cornerback, whether it was Brandon Harris or Aaron Williams. But I'm starting to lean more towards um, offensive line, and particularly right right guard. <laughs> And if he's available, looking at Mike Pouncey, even though they should probably still get quality people in the second round, whether it's Marcus Cannon from TCU or even later, maybe the third round or late second round, John Moffitt from Wisconsin. But right now the best option, I think, would be Mike Pouncey in the first round. 
Now, now, do you think they would dare uh, uh, back up in the draft, uh, Haran? You never know. It's, a, it's always a possibility with this team, especially if if somebody that they want is drafted, like, say, 16th or 17th, and they, they're sitting there at 23rd. They'll, pro- they'll, they'll probably trade down. Okay, all right, Bob. Now, what? What? Give me your take on uh, first round Eagles, twenty third spot. You know the needs. What? What, they, what do you think they're going to do? Well, I would love to see them go defense because uh, I think defense is where they really need to focus. Uh, I mean, if there's a linebacker that's worth that pick, I think you grab them because linebacker I think is clearly the biggest need for this team. But there might not be a guy available there. If Pouncey's there and they grab him at twenty three, you walk away feeling good about that. Uh, Jimmy Smith uh, out of Colorado, especially if you know free agency hasn't started yet. Uh, you know, you'd love to see him go after a guy like Asamoah, but uh, if that doesn't happen, then maybe you think corner a guy like Smith would be a good pick there. Uh, and even if you do wind up getting Asamoah or another corner, I think you draft uh, a young corner if he's there. And if you don't like uh, any of the linebackers or uh, or offensive linemen that are there, say if Pouncey's off the board. Okay, Denny, uh, give me your take on that first-round Eagles' 23rd pick. As Bob said, uh, a lot of it depends on a free agency. If that happens, if the CBA gets taken care of, maybe the Eagles can fill some of their needs through free agency first. Maybe with Awesome One, maybe with Jason Batten on the defensive line. But if that doesn't happen, then they really have to go for their biggest needs in the draft, which is... Uh, without filling them through free agency would be on defense would be in the secondary across the board really they need a they still need another defensive end they still need help with the linebackers they still need help in the secondary but if they can fill that through the um, free agency then I'd like to see them go after offensive line and sure up that right side yeah now uh, you know of course you know uh, you mentioned some of those guys um, uh, with the Moffitt and um, uh, the kid from T TCU, who uh, I saw, who I was impressed with his power. He's, he, he's, uh, I mean, he carries 350 pounds around and uh, does it pretty well. Uh, of course, you got um, Pouncey, who is a very good athlete, well, probably would fit in well with uh, the way the Eagles like to get out there and run their screens. They'd like to have an athletic guard uh, in the mold of uh, Sean Andrews, who, who was able to get out there and uh, and get the job done running for them. So, um, what um, what are you thinking uh, with regards to uh, later in the draft? I mean, they, they, we know the positions that they that they need to get right up front, but let's go second round as to what kind of position. You don't have to identify the player, uh, but the second and third rounds, what what what, uh, what needs to be addressed, and what would you like to see addressed by the team, uh, Denny? Why don't you jump on that? Let's see. Well, I think the second round is, might be their best chance to add to the linebacking core, be, just because uh, traditionally, like under Andy Reid, uh, they've never gone higher than the second round on linebackers. It, it's not a position they've valued. So I think the second and third round might be their best chance to add to that position. They've drafted on success. Well, they've drafted Stuart Bradley there in the third round in the past, and then they've had guys like. Barry Gardner, Quentin Caver, Matt McCoy in the second round. Hopefully they can do a little better, but I think the second and third round would be when they'd be most likely to go after a linebacker. Okay. Um, uh, Bob, what's your, what's your take, what they need to get in the, some of those other rounds? Well, I, uh, I think if they go um, 
I think the the biggest needs probably in order for the team are uh, linebacker and then right guard and then uh, the secondary. So I think, you know, if you get a linebacker in the first, try to grab an offensive lineman in the second. Uh, you know, after drafting Caver, McCoy, Gardner, man, do we need another second-round linebacker? But, uh, yeah, I think those are the, the needs in order, so you just kind of follow that, take the best player on the board, and, and run with it. Now, you you had to mention those guys, like, you know, uh, Caver, McCoy, uh, uh, Gardner. Um, I mean, you think about the terrible picks they've made. And so, see, and that's where I, I, I get into the thing, and I think that this is very important, which is sometimes we think that they don't, they, they never address the position, but they just drafted the wrong people. They, they, they were doing this at the beginning of the, of the, uh, of the last decade, they were doing this at the wide receiver position, but now they, they've been doing it at the linebacker position. It, it seems like they, they finally did get one right with Jamar Chaney. Uh, but so many guys they have picked, and they just haven't panned out. I mean, you know, there's no other way to say it. I mean, think about, um, uh, you know, some of the kids. I mean, they got, you know, you mentioned a few names. There are a lot of names. But, Haran, uh, give me your take on uh, what you think they should do those second and third rounds. Well, the second round depends on the first round. It's either gonna, I think both rounds are going to get a right guard and then cornerback or, or vice versa. Um, and then after that, you're looking at linebacker where the second and third rounds there's not just guys that they could probably get, but there seems like there's a lot of guys that kind of fit the style that the, of defense that the Eagles want to play. Another another position that probably doesn't go get talked about because there's so many needs on defense. I also forgot to mention strong safety, but backup running back, um, somebody that is able that probably might have some experience in pass protection and is good in the in the passing game, passing game catching the ball out out of the backfield is, a, is another thing that they could, could see in probably the third, maybe fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, now uh, I know you guys. I know you got got to look somewhat at the at the combine. Uh, you know, I um uh, I, I was impressed with a number of guys. Of course, Julio Jones blew the thing off off of me with the running a four three. The guy's about 220 pounds. He's a big receiver. Uh, just did everything. Jumping out of the gym. <laughs> guy's jumping 11 feet and stuff like that. But, um, you know, looking at it, you know, you got you had some of the marquee names straight up, but was anybody that you thought just had a great uh, combine? I mean, and, uh, you know, regardless of who they were, um, who did you think impressed you at the combine? Now, Denny? Oh, uh, well. I'll tell you who didn't have a good combine on Cam Newton. Uh, forgot he was supposed to be such a highly touted prospect, and to have such a poor showing, like he he struggles from not being in like a, a pro style offense in his college career, and for him to have a bad showing, I mean that could push him out of the uh, top ten and cost him a lot of money. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about that. Now, um, anybody else uh, comment? Uh, Bob, you got what did you, what did you, what did you see in the combine, uh, good or bad? Uh, I thought uh, I thought Ryan Mallett threw the ball really well. 
Locker looked pretty good uh, as far as the quarterbacks. Uh, Von Miller looked very good. Uh, Patrick Peterson, everyone's making a big deal about him. He had a very good combine. Uh, it looked very smooth. Um, yeah, the guy who probably impressed impressed me most was uh, was Miller. You know, you're looking at him thinking he's a top five, top ten pick, and he kind of solidified that. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks you can't take a whole lot into account because they're throwing against air. But uh, with a a linebacker, you know, you got to see him uh, flip his hips. You know, when he's in pass coverage, can he put his foot in the ground and really accelerate? Uh, Miller showed all that. I think a, a team that snags him to be their three, four outside backer is going to get a a Pro Bowl guy. I, I liked I liked Miller. Yeah, I, I thought Miller uh, came came across real well too. Uh, there were a lot of guys I thought that uh, showed. I mean, this is really a deep draft. And, and, and you know, when you talk about defensive end, uh, you talk about a Miller. Uh, you look at those defensive ends they had. Uh, uh, they they all uh, sort of so impressive. I mean, Robert Quinn. Uh, who else am I thinking about? Uh, you know, uh, mentioned Miller, but. Um, uh, there, there are a number of other ones. Uh, Kerrigan, I think about him. Uh, uh, was it Alden uh, Smith? Is it uh, from Missouri? Uh, you know, it, it's just a lot of those guys. I thought. Um, well, it wasn't. No, it was. I think it was uh, Miller. But anyway, I, a number of them. I've got uh, Jordan. Um, I, I remember him. But anyway, this is a deep draft for defensive ends. Do you think it makes sense for the Eagles to say, you know? I know this is not one of our most dire needs, but doggone it, we're going to grab one of these defensive ends. Uh, uh, Haran, why don't you jump on that? If knowing Andy Reid, if he sees somebody like that, he likes it. He he's on he's on grab on that, especially especially a, a defensive lineman. He he loves those type of guys that can get up the field fast, especially somebody like. Uh, was it probably like a Robert Quinn from USC? If he could get his hands on him, um, another. I mean, he probably wouldn't fit the Eagles, but another guy who probably looked pretty good was um, Cameron Hayward. Hayward, um, Hayward's son. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles grabbed another defensive end in the second or third round. We'll be back with you in a moment. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. We 
hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb back with you on G. Cobb in the house on... Uh, Voice America Radio, and we're joined by uh, Denny Basins. We've got uh, Bob Cunningham and Haran Knight uh, joining me tonight, and we're talking about, started off talking a bit about the NFL uh, labor situation. Uh, now we've been talking about the Eagles, uh, talking about the draft a bit. <clears throat> now, with, with, the, with where uh, the Eagles are, uh, with the fact that uh, there could be a labor agreement. There could not. Should the Eagles be rooting for a labor agreement, uh, Denny? Oh, absolutely. And like their whole, their hopes of uh, moving Kevin Cobb and uh, getting themselves some additional uh, draft picks uh, depends on there being a labor situation. And also, as we were talking about earlier, with the, uh, it's important for them to have a free agency available to them early so they can try to address some of their needs before the draft comes up. Uh, whether or not the CBA is in place, would just completely alter their uh, draft strategy. Okay, uh, Bob. Yeah, I think everyone needs to be rooting for a uh, for a labor deal. And there's the talk that you know a team with a an established head coach might be able to have some sort of advantage, you know, going in uh, because they already have a system in place. But you know, they have a brand new defensive coordinator. They have a lot of brand-new coaches. They're going to have a brand-new system. So I think a lockout would really hurt the Eagles uh, at their weakest point, which is the defense. So, yeah, they need to be rooting for something to get done because uh, the defense especially is going to need all the work it can get with uh, you know Castillo, Caldwell, Zordich, Lynn, and all those guys. So, yeah, they need to be rooting hard for something to get done. Uh, who, who didn't talk? Was it Ryan? Yeah, um, absolutely. They, they need to be rooting for a lockout as far as – getting the best trade value for Kevin Cobb. Like Bob said, he had an entire defense, defensive system that needs to be implemented. <clears throat> not not just is it a new defense. He's a lot of young players on that defense that really need to be their workout regimens and going from a freshman, I mean, a rookie year to the second year, just making sure that they have a place at the Novacare Center where they can work out. There's a lot of injured players that – you know, you want to get on the best possible way of, of rehabbing themselves, even though there's ways they could do it on their own. But it, it would be a lot better if they could 
have their own training staff be involved with the rehab as well. Okay, you know, uh, now, of course, uh, you know, big time with all the talk about the labor agreement, but one of the biggest stories here in Philadelphia is what's going on down in Clearwater, Florida uh, with the Phillies and uh, the amazing staff that they put together. Uh, uh, give me, uh, won't you guys give me the guy that you say is going to be the best pitcher on that staff this year, and uh, why, don't, why don't we start out with Bob? I'm going to take the easy way and say it's going to be Halliday. Uh, he's the best pitcher in the league, so uh, I think that clearly makes him the best on the staff. Uh, I mean, no one will be surprised if you know maybe Lee comes out and uh, his ERA is a little lower, but Halliday wins more games, you know, has more complete games. Uh, but I mean, Halliday is the easy choice, so uh, I'll go with that. Okay, uh, Denny, uh, who's your guy? I think uh, Cole Hamels is going to have um, a much better year than people. Um, anticipate for him. That's not to say people would think he would have um, a down year, but I think uh, Cole took a really big uh, step last year when he worked on the cutter and got rid of his struggles from the previous season. And now another year and even less pressure on him with um, Lee joining the rotation. Uh, Another year older, he's got a chance to take a next step and um, further assert himself as one of the better pitchers in the NL. Okay, um, Haran? I'm going to go with Cole Hamels. Um, he'll, have a, he'll have another year to, with more experience with um, the two additional pitches that he added to his arsenal. Um, also, I expect that he gets a little more run support this year, uh, unlike last year where it seemed like every game he pitched, he lost one or two to nothing or something like that. Yeah, he did. Uh, he a, did get uh, terrible run support last year, man. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go with Cole because he could easily have 17, 18 wins if he has the proper run support. <laughs> now, uh, of course, there's a, there's a lot going on um, in, in the right field situation. You got right field, basically two situations. You got right field and the number five spot in the lineup as to who should be there. Uh, some have said that uh, Jimmy Rollins would be better off at the number five spot. Um, you know, the whole talk about, you know, you got Ben Francisco, you got, of course, Dominic Brown, right field, uh, John Mayberry maybe even looked at. Uh, ultimately, we get, let's say we're three-quarters of the way through the season. Who will have been playing right field more than anybody else and, and who would have been the most productive and also who is going to be, uh, batting number five, and um, ultimately who, who, who's most productive in that area. Uh, why, why don't we just go ahead, Ron? You go ahead and jump on that one. Um, right now, from I haven't really seen too much of the preseason games, but from what I've heard, I'm going to say Ben Francisco is going to be the main guy on right field. Um, he's the most consistent. Um, and right now, Dominic Brown has seen horrendous right at this point, yeah, I don't even think he's going to be in the majors. <laughs> um, as far as the fifth spot batting, uh, I'm going to say Jimmy Rollins. I, I don't, I, I just don't like him as a lead off off hitter. Um, I think he'd be better off in the fifth spot. Okay, uh, Denny. I think um, by the time everything's said and done, I think Jimmy Rollins might be the most. Uh, 
for the guy who's going to be batting fifth most out of all of them. It'll depend a lot on situations. If they're facing a right-hander, maybe they stick a Banez there. If they're facing a left-hander and Francisco's playing well, maybe it's Francisco. Uh, as for Dominic Brown, Dominic Brown needs to prove he can. Uh, he belongs in the majors right now before you can even talk about him as an option. But Jimmy Rollins, he's got pop. Um, he likes to swing. He likes to drive the ball. The fact that he's a switch hitter makes him a good choice for the fifth spot. Uh, and you have Shane Victorino, who performed very well in the uh, leadoff role last year when Rollins was out. And I think to start the year, they'll begin with Rollins as the leadoff hitter, and they'll give Francisco a shot to be the fifth hitter. But by the time everything's said and done, I think Jimmy's a better choice. Okay, uh, who, who hasn't uh, commented on that yet? I didn't go yet. Okay, Bob, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, right field, I think it's going to be Francisco. Uh, I think even if Brown was hitting well, they've got too many lefties in there already. So I, I think he's just the fact that he's right-handed, they'd probably give the nod to Francisco. As far as the five-hole goes, uh, I mean, yeah, they might stick Jimmy there. Uh, I think Rollins could be one of the one of the best leadoff hitters in the league if he would play small ball. But he's always trying to hit that home run, you know, like he's Ryan Howard, like he should be batting cleanup. But, uh, I mean, if he's going to keep that up, you almost have to stick him in the five hole. Uh, you can't keep putting Polanco up there with one out already. Uh, so, I, I mean, Rollins would be the better option to lead off than Victorino if he would play the way he's supposed to. But, I mean, it'll probably be Rollins since uh, I don't see him changing his game. Yeah, now um... – uh, this team, you know, it's got. I mean, they've got all the pieces in place. In fact, you know, Jimmy Rollins has gone so far as to say that they'll win 116 games or more. You know, and uh, you know, winning more games than any other team and all that. Do you, do you legitimately think that they have a shot to do it, or do you think it's reasonable? And and do you think they're going to do it? I mean, how good do you think this thing this team is, Aron? They, they could get 100 games. Um, it's, it's definitely doable. Um, it, it all depends on how healthy their pitching staff stays. And, and I mean, the, the bigger concern is how some of the lineup stays healthy, particularly Chase Utley, how he holds up. For some reason, I have this feeling that his injury might be a little more deeper than what they're letting on. It's, it's it's just a, a concern when it comes to him. But as, as far as the, the wins, they definitely should have the ability to get to 100 wins. Uh, Bob? Yeah, 100 wins is definitely doable. Uh, I think if they come out with anything less than that, uh, people are going to be talking about it as a disappointing regular season. Um, but, I mean, that should be good enough to, to win them the division. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think 100 wins is it's definitely doable, especially with this rotation. And, you know, they still have a lot of good bats. So 100 wins is uh, definitely where they should be at. Okay. Uh, uh, who's that? I, I kind of uh, – who's that, Denny? Yeah. Um, Can you give your – Yeah, think about this now. Okay, this okay. team last year, despite everything that went wrong for them, uh, still managed to win 97 games with all the injuries and the slumps. So now, if a fresh start, you have an even stronger rotation, a full year of Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Roy Oswalt, Cole Hamels. Remember, Oswalt didn't join the uh, rotation until the trade deadline last year. You have a full year of those four, plus the offense returning to health. And 
also think about this, like a, all, four, all um, Jimmy Rollins, Ron Howard, Chase Utley, all three of those guys aren't going to have down years again. So all those things considered, I think 100 wins is easily reachable for them. 116 is a little much, but I, I'm, I'd be shocked if they didn't at least get to 100. Okay. Uh, you know, well, we, you know, that, that's going to be interesting to see how that thing, you know, how, how things start out, uh, you know, and uh, Chase Utley's health. Now, Chase Utley had, um, you know, of course he came in, uh, you know, I, I think early on in his career, I thought he was going to be, uh, you know, couple-time MVP, uh, you, know, uh, you know, of course one of the greatest uh, second basemen to ever play the game because he had got, come in and, you know, he's batting what, uh, you know, he had a year, he batted like 336 or 332 or something like that, and, uh, you know, 100 RBIs every season, uh, hitting up near 30-some, headed to maybe 40 RBIs, where you're almost looking at a guy who's capable of, of winning a triple crown, that sort of thing. Uh, I'll just be honest, you know, Chase Utley has been a disappointment to me. Not, not that he's not a great player. See, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I think he's a great player. But I look at his numbers, and, and I really have been disappointed in that he's a good player, but I, I just think that, he, you know, he hasn't, you know, because of the wearing down and all of that, which I don't understand how he does wear down. And he, you know, and like I said, he, he is one of those all-round hitters. He's not a Ryan Howard just going up there pounding the ball. Uh, and I, and the, at times, you know, I thought, like I said, the, the, one of the best players in baseball, uh, you know, putting up those big numbers and everything. But I, I want to get you guys' takes on, on, on that. Uh, Bob, how do, how do you look at uh, – Chase Utley, what, has he lived up to everything you wanted, um, or, or, or am I off? Uh, I mean, yeah, the expectations were were fairly high, uh, but I mean, the guy has been to what, four straight All Star games now. Uh, he's consistently one of the better second basemen in the league, if not the best. So, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be remembered as a, a great Philly. So, I, I think. I think to expect anything more than that might be a bit much. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I would say overall, Utley has uh, has lived up to expectations, you know, outside of last year. Uh, Ron, um, I think he's. I don't. I don't quite remember how high the expectations were when he first came in the majors, but what I've seen, I, I, I would call him a great player, not just for stats. He's done a lot of intangibles, especially the year they did win the World Series. There's a couple of things that he did from a defensive side that you just can't teach. Also, even though they lost the World Series to the Yankees, it kind of goes down as a series. We almost single-handedly kept them in that series. So I, I, I would call him. Uh, I would put him up there with great. <laughs> okay. Um, who else didn't? Who, who didn't comment on that? Uh, no, no, Utley, he's had a lot of great moments in his career. Um, he hit well over 300 at one point, but then since he's worn down over the last few years because of the way he works himself out physically and mentally, it's it's hurt him a little bit. And just because uh, yeah, people do expect a lot out of him, and when now that he, his body's um, starting to go on him a little bit, when he's struggling to hit over 270, um, it's easy to get frustrated with him. But he has had some great moments in his career, the 2008 World Series run, he was a big part of that, and 
as Haran said in 2009, uh, he and uh, Cliff Lee were the only uh, Phillies that um, really had a good series that year. Okay. Ultimately, uh, we're going to come back and we'll continue with uh, talking about the Phillies and uh, talking about the Sixers and everything that's going on in Philadelphia sports. We'll be back with you in a moment. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football related topics on the program from Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Now, of course, we're getting near uh, March Madness. And um, uh, we're supposed to have great things. It's really been a disappointing year, at least right now, when you, when you think about what has happened in college basketball here in Philadelphia. Uh, Villanova comes in, they're, they're a top-ten team, and they have just started to fade, and they've gotten slammed. Um, Temple has done some good things at times, but I, I don't know what to expect going into um, the tournament. Uh, what can we expect? How, how long are these guys going to be in the camp, uh, I mean, in, in the tournament, uh, Bob? Uh, well, of all the, you know, the big five, uh, I tend to watch Villanova more, mainly because they're easier to watch. They're on more. So that's kind of the team that I've watched. Mm-hmm. But um, Clearly the talent is there. I mean, that's obvious. The talent is there. Uh, I have no idea what they're doing. But uh, once they get into the tournament, you know, they're free-falling now, so maybe they're a 5-6-7 seed. Uh, so they could get some uh, pretty easy matchups along the way. You know, maybe they hit a stride, get hot, and make a push at the end. But, uh, you know, it also wouldn't be surprising to see everyone out in the first round. Uh, you know, Villanova especially has just been sleeping through the past month and a half or so. Now, um, you guys, uh, go ahead, uh, Bob. Uh, uh, that was Bob. Let me have a, a Ron, why don't you jump in there? Um, 
Mike Bob, if there's any big five team that I keep up on, is usually Villanova. And I I don't have a clue what they're doing right now. It seems like ever since they lost to Rutgers on, I think it was a four-point play um, in New Brunswick, they've been downhill ever since then. They really haven't recovered. And it's, it really showed, uh, and they got blown out by like 21 points at, um, against Notre Dame. I don't know how far they're going to go. Cause a lot of college basketball, a lot of it is based on momentum, and they're just going in the wrong way right now. And maybe they can pick it up. One good thing is they're a Big East team, so they will be battle-tested once they get into the tournament. But it's almost like right now they'll be lucky if they get to the Sweet 16. Okay, uh, Denny? Okay, uh, right now Villanova doesn't look right. Uh and we'll see. Maybe they can pick up some momentum with the Big East tournament. But uh, ultimately, I'm, I don't expect a lot from them this year. Uh, maybe a round, but I, I can't see them going much farther than that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I tell you, I, the thing that I'm really down on this year is, is college basketball. You know, they have, you know, they have taken away the superstars. The superstars are in and out of college basketball. Uh, and, and because, uh, you know, they open up to the NBA. So uh, the guys that you really want to see, uh, they're just there one year and boom, then they're out of there. But really, you look at it, uh, I can't think of a special player that, that I'm so excited about in college ball that uh, really excites me or a team where I say, my goodness, this team has got that charisma and they've got these great players. So, you know, they kind of stand out in a team that everybody wants to get to. I, I think the final, I mean, the, the, uh, the tournament uh, is a draw, and everybody wants to see the tournament. But do you think there's something wrong where when you, when you can't think of uh, many great college players that are on the scene, uh, you know, at a particular moment? I mean, uh, Bob, well, how do you feel about that? You know, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, it, it does just seem like a down year. I mean, you, you look for a while, maybe like Ohio State was going to be that one team. Uh, you know, not a whole lot of big-name guys, but a good team. Then they got they get knocked off, and, uh, you know, they're, everyone's bouncing around. BYU look good, and then there's the whole thing with that kid and their honor code, and it's just it's a down year. But, uh, you know, every league goes through their down years. This is, uh, this is college basketball. Okay, um uh, uh, who was Iran? Go ahead. Um, it, it's, a, it's definitely a down year for an entire NCAA um, college basketball thing. But I've been kind of down on, on it for the past few years, ever since you, you got all of these one-and-done players. You really don't have a chance to establish a team like, like you used to back in the 90s. I mean, players, they would at least stay two or three years. And now – you have what's called the John Wall draft, the Greg Oden draft. Um, everybody's gone through with the freshmen. It's just like, like I'm a North Carolina fan, and I don't think Harrison Bar- Barnes should leave leave after this year. But everybody pretty much knows he is, and it's kind of ruining college basketball to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that that's just not there. I mean, this is obviously a down year. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, you know the whole 
uh, enthusiasm that when you had some great players that you'd seen for a while and they had a, a teams that were established, you knew who was on that team, and that seems to have gone. So, you know, the, the appeal of the tournament is still there, but uh, you don't see the great teams. Uh, that uh, are so popular in college basketball anymore. You know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this 30 by 30 is going to come on ESPN talking about the Fab Fab Five. Was it over in Michigan? That that was um, that was a phenomena. As much attention as they gathered, the excitement that they generated, uh, it's nowhere near that uh, like that in uh, in college basketball and. And then why would, you know, we're talking about that. Why would we just jump into college, I mean, uh, NBA now, real quick, um, you got everything, things happening, a lot of people talking about Miami, you know, and uh, they're disappointing in uh, losing to some of the good teams and some tough games. And you got the Lakers trying to uh, do a three-peat. Uh, San Antonio's had a great year. Uh, Boston's still going to be there. What do you see happening in the NBA, uh, Bob? Uh, I mean, the Heat showed that they're uh, they're still not completely there. So Boston has to be the favorite in the East, and the Lakers have to continue to be the favorites in the West. Uh, I mean, you just hope the Sixers can sneak in and maybe surprise someone. Yeah, well, they they should make the playoffs. Uh, um, uh, Denny, what, what's your take on uh, the NBA and everything's going on? Uh, well, with um. One team in the NBA I like is um, Chicago. Uh, Derrick Rose is making uh, a pretty serious run at uh, the MVP award. Uh, Carlos Boozer has been a good fit on that team. They just got Joakim Noah back. Uh, Luau Deng can make some big shots in the clutch for him. Uh, I think they're a team that uh, not a lot of people talk about enough with the with uh, Boston and uh, Miami in the East, but I think they could make some serious noise in the uh, in the playoffs. Well, we'll see what happens. You do have uh, Chicago. Um, uh, who, they've got, you know, a, uh, a great team. Got a lot of the pieces in place with the addition of Boozer and Joaquim Noah and all of that. Uh, everybody's uh, talking about uh, Miami, you know, and, and my whole argument a lot, with a lot of people is that, you know, people criticize Miami, but the thing is Miami has made this, the NBA bigger because when, when a sports figure is talked about, Outside of sports, everybody knows what they're doing, which is when LeBron James went to Miami. Everybody criticized it and everything. But in a way, because it becomes part of the culture, it really gets even bigger. And I don't know if the NBA, if they're aware of it. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan was bigger than the NBA. He was part of the culture. Uh, Magic and Bird were part of the culture. Um, the only thing, you know, Kobe has to a degree, but, but really LeBron – his story, you know, broke out of all that, and I thought it really, if anything, helped the NBA and everything. Now, somebody said that, um, I, I, this was Buzz Bissinger, had said that, you know, there's not enough white guys in the NBA. That's why it's not popular. That's why it's not as popular here in Philadelphia. Uh, any of you guys buy that? Um, Bob, uh, uh, Denny, you know, uh, Haran, any of you guys jump in there about that? How do you feel about that? No, I think that's I don't crazy. think that has anything to do with it. I mean, the uh, you know what, the Sixers aren't drawing because for the better part of the last decade, they've been a very poorly run organization, uh, given a lot of got bad contracts to bad players, and you know, and there, there's you've seen coaches like uh, Jim O'Brien, Eddie Jordan come in and 
you see all that happening. Uh, you know, it's easy to see why the uh, a fan base would wouldn't come out to a lot of games. But but now with uh, Doug Collins in place and the team getting better, you know, you'll see the Sixers' attendance start on getting back up there. Yeah, well, I would agree with you. I, I think that winning is what sells in Philadelphia. I think it's pretty easy to know that. I think Buzz was probably just just trying to get a buzz, get somebody something to talk about. But uh, winning will do it anytime in Philly. I want to thank you guys for uh, joining me on uh, this program, and uh, we'll do it in the near future. We'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.